live fitter and longer with the fitness show hosted by fitness expert author and tv personality fitz kohler she'll tell you why diets are dumb supplements are snake oil and the truth about how you can earn a lean hard pain-free and athletic body now for our favorite bossy blonde fitz kohler Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert and very noisy race announcer from fitness.com and welcome to the Fitness Show. Today I have a very fun guest that I know you guys are all going to fall in love with. Um, but before I get there, real quickly I want to share that a big news, I have just signed on to announce the Fargo Marathon. So if you guys are looking for the opportunity to run real far, in the fall in Fargo, it's the end of September, join me. I just uh, shared a discount code with everyone. It's discount code FITSNESS. And there's half marathon, I think a 10K, a 5K, the Fargo dog run. You can even go bike in Fargo. But I'm excited to be there, and I hope you'll join me. And as usual, I will be giving out endless amounts of free hugs at the finish line. So something to look forward to. Now, back to my guest. So I'm going to tell you a little story. I think it was about 2008, I was a fitness expert for America Online. And one of the things I realized was that um, even though I have the big deal credentials, the masters in exercise and sports sciences, that the reality of society was that if I were on stage with Beyonce, for example, and someone wanted to know how to get a great butt, they may not come to the fitness expert, they may just go to Beyonce because she's the beautiful celebrity with the great butt. And so I thought, well, instead of fighting that, I would just jump in with both feet. And the reality is, is that celebrities don't have a free pass on fitness. In fact, their careers often rely on their ability to work hard to maintain their appearance and their ability to perform. And so I thought, yeah, why don't I glom onto some of these celebrities and let them do the work for me. They will tell the tale on how hard they have to work. And so many of them say, well, I tried these really dumb diets and they didn't work. And then I figured out I had to exercise <laughs> and eat wisely. And that really worked for me. And so my first uh, actor that I, I brought on, I don't even remember how this happened, but her name was Alicia Minshew and she was an actress on all my children. Very sweet. The interview went very well. And at the end, she said, I work with a guy. His name is Colin Egglesfield, and he's super fit. I think he would make a great addition to your feature. And I said, okay. And then I did the, I did the work. And so if you look up Colin Egglesfield, especially at that time, what you would find is he was a Calvin Klein model and Armani and Versace and uh, he was actually the body on the box of the Calvin Klein underwear. And what a cutie pie and a great actor. And um, he agreed to the interview. And I remember, again, it was the, my second celebrity interview. But I remember having the giggles before we got on the phone. It was one of those. I was like, ah, and, I'm, and I'm not that girl. I am not that girl. But Colin did it to me. Uh, he's a beautiful man. He is so incredibly fit. And not only does he look the part, he walks the walk. He's an athlete. I've, I've followed him along the years and I've seen him do triathlons. He's training for the Chicago marathon right now. And I know that resonates with so many of you in my audience. He's a very successful actor. So he did uh, start early on with all my children, but he's been on the client list, Chicago fire, Melrose place. 
starred along with Kate Hudson in Something Borrowed. He was on Bad Moms, played the astronaut, and I know everybody loves that. The other thing I love about the guy is that he's an entrepreneur, and I really identify with that. He always has his hands in something interesting from uh, innovative t-shirts to real estate to online courses, and he's an author, and I'm excited to talk with him today. So I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to welcome the one and only Mr. Colin Egglesfield. What's up, Vince? <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. So we we uh, discussed via email your training for Chicago Marathon. Yes, it is my first marathon in seven years. I got bored with them, so I started doing triathlons. And I uh, was living in California, and um, there's you know big biking community out there, big swimming community. And uh, just after doing six marathons, um, I just uh, met a friend of mine named Jeff Stoltz, who invited me to participate in the St. Jude, Miami, South Beach triathlon. And uh, I was a little intimidated at first because I wasn't a biker. I've always been horrible at swimming. Right. And he said, well, you can just do the relay part of it. So you just can come and be the the do the running leg of the, the triathlon. So I went down there and after being down there and I saw all the transitions and the bikers and the swimming, just the atmosphere of it all. I was like, this is amazing. I got to learn how to do this. I want to get a bike. And so I hired a swim coach and um, really got into that. And then I uh, recently moved back to Chicago um, almost three years ago. And the uh, there's not a whole lot of like great places to bike here. Um, California is like, amazing PCH mountains, all that. And, uh, and so I just been focusing more on my running since I got back here and uh, I always love a good challenge and just felt like it was a really good, good opportunity for me to, uh, to just jump back into something. I signed up for last year's Chicago marathon, which got canceled. Right. So I'm, I've signed up for this one. And, uh, like I said, running for uh, St. Jude. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. That's a fantastic cause. Now, I just agreed to run my very first marathon. I'm running Boston the day after Chicago. So you're on October 10th. I'm on the 11th. What is your training advice for me? Wait, this is your first marathon? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've done what? tons of half marathons, but I've never done a full. How come you haven't done a full marathon? <laughs> to be honest with you, two things. Is when I do a half, I've never had to train for a half. So I was always just fit enough to pop in for a half marathon and do just fine. I was never winning anything, but I could always finish a half. And then the other thing is I never finished a half marathon and thought, gee whiz, I'd like to do that again right now. Uh, but I just got lured in. I have friends with the Boston Buddies. It's a group of speedsters that are always training for Boston. And um, yeah, it, it was also for a good cause and it's for Boston. And I, I did cancer a couple of years ago, and I just decided that comparatively, how hard, how hard could this be? I mean, sure, it'll be hard, but nothing will be that hard again. So why not? So when you say you did cancer, right? What, is, what does that mean? I had breast cancer, and I did the baldness and the chemo and the radiation and all the stuff, and then I got rid of it. I killed it, and it's gone. So um, yeah, because I did see that that was something that you that you were, you were going through. Um, and here we see Zulema, who's a friend of mine. Uh, she is a, she's been dealing with health issues of her own. Um, very inspiring person, but uh, 
uh, I didn't realize to the extent of what your cancer experience was like, because uh, I think you know that I went through testicular cancer it was probably about 13 or 14 years ago. I'm not sure if you knew that. You know what? I think I might have known it back then, but it's, it fell out. Yeah. What was yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I, it was when I was on All My Children and uh, just, um, yeah, I mean, 33 years old. I mean, I would consider myself pretty healthy. I exercise quite a bit. Health and wellness to me has always been something that I just have been very focused on. And um, I just one day woke up and there was a swelling going on down there. I went to go see my doctor. And after a few tests, he said, yeah, you have advanced stage testicular cancer. I'm scheduling you for surgery. Um, and this was on a Friday. He said, I'm scheduling you for surgery on Monday. This needs to come out. And I was scheduled to work on all my children on Monday. And so I said, well, I got to work on a soap opera on Monday. Can we do the surgery on Tuesday? And he was like, did you hear what I just told you? You have cancer. And I was like, and my whole thing was, I didn't want to tell anyone. I didn't want to, I, I, you know, I, I didn't want to, I was only, I'd only been on the show for six months and I didn't want to really tell anyone that I was going through this thing. Cause I didn't even really know what it meant. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to make a big deal about it. I just wanted to try to get through this and move on. And, um, and I had the surgery and then within a week I was back on set. But then a few weeks later I had to go do my radiation treatment. And after three weeks of doing radiation treatment, showing up on set, it just took a toll on me to one point where I was just on set and I looked horrible. I felt horrible. And, uh, I finally, one of the directors came up to me and finally said, you know, you don't look so good. What's, you know, are you okay? And I finally, I just broke down and just told him that, um, what I was going through. And he's like, why didn't you tell anyone? And I just, I, I said, I just, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to make a big deal about it. I didn't want to have anyone fuss over me and, in the process, I was isolating myself from the very community that ended up showing up and supporting me through the rest of the, uh, the whole experience. So, yeah, I, uh, I identify with that. I mean, I thought, uh, cause I'm, I'm very public in my work, but I'm also really kind of private in my real life. And I just thought, this is not the kind of thing that I, I want to share. I'm the beacon of health and happiness. This is what I do. And like you, I just didn't want to burden anybody with it but uh, I was going from waist length hair to no hair and that was going to be the telltale for me I was like all right I'm about to start showing up on stage as bald people are going to ask <laughs> some questions and so I you know I had to come clean and it was it was very uncomfortable now uh, breast cancer is something that's talked about joked about everyone wants to save the tatas and so forth testicular cancer is something that people really avoid have you been able to share your story in uh, circles that matter yeah and this is uh this is one of the reasons why i wrote my book i wrote a book agile artist uh, a couple years ago and one of the chapters i talk about the very thing about uh how we as men and especially with testicular cancer it's not something that we want to necessarily put out there in the public, especially 
being an actor and being, you know, kind of on that high profile uh, stage of saying like, yes, this is what I've been dealing with. But what I realized was that the more that I started going to some of these charity events and meeting other people who have gone, you know, or who are going through cancer who, who or who have overcome cancer, the more I realized the importance of talking about it, sharing it, making people uh, feel that they're not alone through the experience. Because when I was going through it, it was a very lonely, scary experience. And um, again, the more that I tried to hide it, the more I realized that I was just doing myself a disservice because when I did end up telling people that I worked with at all my children, it only enriched and made my relationships with the actors that I was working with and the producers and the directors. Um, they just showed up and made me feel so supported and cared for. And that is so important when you're going through an experience like this, as you know, yeah. that, um, that we can become very stubborn when it comes to, oh, I can do this and I can handle this when really the most important thing is that you, you've got that community that, can show up and uh, and be there for you when you need it most. Yeah, I 100% agree. It was, it's, I mean, I everything you say, yes. And as far as the lonely thing goes, I remember, I mean, the running community is where I work and spend most of my weekends is massive. I show up with 30,000 of the best people in any given place in the world that mm -hmm. weekend and I get to work with them. But yeah, I would, I would just sit alone in my car and cry. It was that I just, and, and it was almost daily but I, I felt like the most popular, lonely person on the in the world. Um, but after, but hey, they were just, they came out in spades. And then like you, I didn't tell anyone while I was going through it, but then I wrote the book. So, um, awesome. and I get a lot of feedback from people who say, oh, thank you so much. They, I, I felt alone. It helps that to know that you went through the same thing or similar things. And and I also did a lot of poking fun at my, of my cancer. I haven't poked the bear per se, not trying to egg it on, but, uh, but yeah, there was a lot of kind of funny stuff that happens as a cancer patient. And I thought, well, you know, we might as well address that as well. Yeah. The chapter in my book, it's uh, I titled it free balling oh, okay. because it's important. I realize it's important to bring a sense of uh, humor and lightness to <laughs> something that was just so heavy and, and, and scary and, um, and through that process of sharing my experiences, I can't tell you how many people, and I'm sure you've experienced the same thing, that have uh, that have reached out to me and just said, thank you for telling your story. Thank you for encouraging me to go get month, you know, yearly checkups for your manly parts. And, uh, and that when you are going through this experience, that you don't have to be alone through it all. And uh, I mean, it took me a good what, 10, 15 years before I felt comfortable enough to talk about it. And uh, again, in the process, um, it is just, it has completely changed my life and uh, with regards to enriching my relationships with friends, family, and I've created some great partnerships with uh, Children's Hospital Los Angeles and St. Jude Hospital. And now having gone through that experience, when I do meet people who are going through their health journeys and struggles, I'm speaking from a place of knowing what it feels like. So it's not, 
me just saying, oh, it's okay. You'll get through it. Right. Really speak from a place of knowing what it really feels like. And that lends a ton of credibility with someone who is, is going through the same thing. We call it cancer street cred. Mm. Like we've been through it, done that. And on, yeah. on both of our behalf, since we are both, I think, pretty good images of health, I'm going to tell everyone, squeeze your stuff. It's your hands. It's your stuff. Hands yep. in your shirt, hands in your pants, have a feel. You've got a romantic partner. Let them have a feel. If you got a neighbor you're okay with, everybody should be squeezing their stuff going for the annual exams because yep. if Colin and I could have um, cancer at a young age, anyone can. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And one of the empowering things that, uh, that really helped me through my experience was the things that I've learned as an actor from my acting classes and from my auditioning was uh, a lot of the mindset success principles that I've learned in order to be able to be successful going into my auditions and getting over my fear of getting up in front of people and just showing up from an empowered place to be able to win these roles. Um, what I realized going through my cancer experience was the very exercise of creating the character that I needed to create for me to be able to go into these rooms and win the role was the same approach that I brought to my experience with cancer in terms of what character do I need to create for myself in order for me to hit this experience head on and yeah. not avoid it, not try to run away from it, but to hit it head on and stay empowered in this place of uncertainty, of doubt, of what could be, you know, labeled as a scary experience. Terrifying. And what the experience of going through cancer provided for me, and I would say this to anyone out there, is it provides you the opportunity, opportunity to decide who you choose to be in the face of all of this. And instead of looking at it from a place of why me, why me, why me, and, you know, how am I going to get through this? The opportunity is to choose who you want to be. Who is this character that you want to be through this experience? And what I realized, and I got this partially from my mom, because growing up, she would always say, the, oh, you're my little warrior. You're my little Spartan, you know, that sort of thing. And when I called her to tell her that my cancer had returned, you had a reoccurrence? Yeah. A year later, it came back again. So I had to have, had to have another surgery. And that one was, was really difficult because at that point, I was like, I'd gone through the radiation. I was like, again? I was like, what, you know, it's like, God, what are you trying to do here? Like, what, what more are you trying to like right. throw in my face? And the experience of it was when I told my mom, she said, Colin, I'm going to remind you that you've got to be, you've got to be a warrior. It's time to now put on your battle armor and you've got to go to battle. And immediately I tapped into my, the exercises that I would do in my acting classes with regards to, all right, what characteristics do I need to cultivate? I need to cultivate courage, bravery. I need to cultivate being unstoppable. I need to cultivate the warrior mentality so that when I would go to Sloan Kettering hospital for my monthly checkups, blood tests, chest X-rays, CAT scans, where I was like, all right, 
almost like entering into the gladiator gladiator arena like russell crowe gladiator is my favorite movie i would say latch on to some character some superhero out there whoever your favorite movie is or whoever your favorite character is in your favorite film or tv show and just start cultivating the characteristics that that superhero uses to accomplish whatever it is that they've needed to do in the film to save the day. And I literally would walk into Sloan Kettering feeling and having that sense and that essence of Maximus walking down the hall with my shield and my sword and just going in and being like, all right, let's do this. And it was just tapping into those same exercises that we would do in acting class that really helped me get through my experience. And that's what I talk about in my book. I love it. I love it. Did you have a mantra? Uh, good question. Um, I mean, the fact that I can't think of one. Um, I, no, no. Did you? Well, I did, and I didn't even realize it. But I, I always had to remind myself. I didn't, I didn't Russell Crow up as I walked in. I was actually pretty mousy a lot of the time. But I was constantly reminding myself: "You've built a great business. You used to uh, kickbox competitively. You have great kids. Blah blah blah. You can do hard things." And that was my mantra: was I can do hard things. I just kept saying it and saying it, and because you know, I was like, I'm sure you were just terrified by all of it. I hated the mm-hmm. needles. I hated the machines, and um, it was scary, but I could do hard things. So I was like, just keep going. And what are your choices? Right. But yeah. be brave. Right. But, um, but yeah, I like that. I, and I actually have, as I'm sure you do, I have so many cancer patients right now that follow along and watch everything. So that's, that's great. I'm sure some of them will be putting on their Spartan gear next time they go in for chemo or radiation or surgery. That's, that's really, it's a sweet story. And I'm, I'm sorry I had to go through it twice. I can't think of anything other than something happened to my children. I can't think of anything more scary than having to face it. Yeah. But uh, as, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is by Hemingway. It's a, it goes, uh, we're strongest in the parts that we've been broken. And it's the experiences like this in our lives that really, create or provide the opportunity for us to create our self-identity of who we want to be in this experience and coming, going through it, you, you start to realize that um, you can start cultivating some really great habits for yourself. And like you said, um, there's really no other choice. And so I really focused on what can I focus on what are, what are the things that I can control in this experience? I can focus on eating healthier. I can focus on getting my rest. I can focus on cutting out sugar. I can focus on doing the things that I know are going to support my body physically to do what it needs to do. But then also mentally, and I guess on the mantra side of it all, what would always come up for me was I am way too young for this to stop me. And I would always think I have way more to accomplish in my life. So let's get at it. So I just kept focusing on the things that I wanted to keep doing, which was showing up on all my children to continue doing what I love to do, creating my t-shirt company, and just to keep focusing on the things that filled me up, that inspired me, that kept me energetically 
in that place of, of just cultivating that, um, that essence of empowerment. So I like very much that you are completely in control of you. Like there's, there's not much happening to Colin. You might hit a bump in the road, but you, you control your destiny. There's no victim mentality there, which is pretty spectacular. Exactly. So, so um, going back to fitness, uh, you've made, I mean, your career has really been enhanced by your commitment to health and fitness. Do you think you would have the same career if you weren't so dedicated to it? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I think, um, I think part of, uh, or a big part of how I have won my roles is the energy that I bring to the audition, the energy that I bring to the set, which is an energy of vibrancy, of positivity, of, of being proud of the work that I've done, not only from my craft as an actor, but also me physically. And I think in a lot of ways, that is the roles that I've been hired for are roles that are the characters that have that essence or that sense of, um, of accomplishing things and doing the difficult things and, and, um, and just create or being that stand for the possibility of what is possible in the face of what is difficult. Right. So, now, uh, your workout routine, we got we to gotta hit it. People got to know. And, and you're still in extraordinary shape. You're the guy who got it right from the start, and then you maintain that. What do you do for fitness? What does that look like? So I, a big part of my regimen is my diet. Mm-hmm. I think a huge part of anyone's health and wellness routine really starts with the diet. And um, I've always, I've, I always like to experiment and tinker and see what works and see what doesn't work. And uh, a big component, what I, I've always, you always kind of hear about this, like the whole sugar thing and like too much sugar in our diets. And recently I've really started to take a scientific approach to it because from what I've re- what I've, what I know from my marathon training is that I have actually hit the wall at like mile 18, mile 19, a marathon is 26.2 miles. And right around that 18, 19 mile marker is where I've realized and recognized that I've depleted my sugar stores. And because there's no more glucose in my bloodstream, I'm like along the way, going to people who are on the street, who the people who show up to cheer you along the way, sometimes they bring food. So sometimes people will have have bananas and at the aid stations, there's Gatorade. And I'm just like, I've realized like I've been trying to like suck in all these calories just to try to just finish the race. Whereas what I realized when I was, when I ran my first couple of marathons, I was, it was right in the heyday of when I was doing my, my fashion modeling. And what I realized when I was, a fashion model, I was very strict about my diet. My caloric intake was low on carbs, high in proteins, a lot of salads. And I just, I was so much faster in those earlier marathons. And what I realized what was different from as I became an actor and I just didn't pay attention as so much to my diet was that I was eating more of these sugary foods, more carbohydrate laden foods and I have a sweet tooth. So like chocolate chip cookies and I used to eat eat turkey sandwiches a lot. 
So the more I'm starting to cut out breads and sugars and the more research that I've been doing, I just even saw this last week, that a healthy amount of sugar that people should be eating like every day or the maximum amount of sugar that people should be eating every day is right around 30 grams of sugar. And is that for any body type or is that versus? That's the average. They say women should be eating like around 27 or something like that. Men is like 35 at the most. Mm -hmm. A can of regular Coke is about 29 grams of sugar. So just in one can of Coke, you've, you've already reached your maximum healthy amount of sugar intake. The problem is most foods that we eat are jam-packed with sugar, with added sugars. And even if you are eating fruits, there's sugars in there. Right. So what I've been doing is really taking a scientific approach to how much sugar is in my diet. And what I also read was that the average American consumes about 70 grams of sugar every day, at least, which is more than twice the healthy amount of sugar that we should be eating on a daily basis. And so a few weeks ago, I did this 10 day challenge where I completely cut sugar out of my diet and have like by day six or seven, I was starting to get these really bad headaches. And I started to realize sugar is a drug. And that's why people, food companies put sugar in foods because it is addictive. Yeah. And I've realized that uh, now that I've weaned myself off sugar and, and breads, I can eat a little bit like once in a while, have a little bit of sugar, but I keep my sugar below that 30 grams per day. And uh, what I'm trying to do is train my body to burn my fat stores so that I don't hit the wall and that I'm able to lo- run longer, farther and faster without, um, without hitting the wall. Yeah, the wall is not a fun place. I was there no. last weekend. It wasn't a good time. <laughs> the damn wall. Um, so yeah, sugar, it's interesting. It's not about having zero sugar. It's about being moderate and reasonable and choosing more fresh natural foods versus you know things out of a bag. That's a pretty good rule of thumb. So what do you do for nutrition on the go? Because I'm still figuring that out. What, what are you eating at mile 13 to make sure you don't hit the wall at 18? Well, with a marathon, you've got your little goo packets, mm-hmm. your goo gels. Um, so I store a few of those in my in my little running short pockets, okay. um, salt tablets. So I'd take a couple of salt tablets before the run. And then every hour, I'll pop another salt tablet just to keep my electrolyte level where it needs to be to avoid the cramping. And during the marathon, I try not, I mean, I, I sip on water. I try not to like guzzle water because that can give you cramps if you're drinking too much water. So it's this fun little experimentation of knowing what your, what your, uh, what is most efficient for your body and learning to listen to what your body is telling you. Your body will tell you what it needs. And it's amazing after a really long run, how my body actually craves healthy food. And the more that you work out, the more that you get into that routine of working out, the less I crave the sugary, crappy junk foods. Um, But the fact that you are working out so much, it allows you that freedom and that kind of flexibility to have your little cheat meals once in a while. Um, I have started eating more keto type foods. Okay. Like 
I shop at Whole Foods. And so I like, I'll choose like keto granola. There's these little like keto snack bites that are like chocolate chip cookie dough keto bites. So the sugar is incredibly low, if not zero. Sure. Um, and I've cut out bread from my diet. Uh, and I just, I focus like on the go. You asked, I bring little, um, I'll eat like chickpeas. I eat, if I'm eating chips, they are, uh, they're a product called bean fields and they're based on like pinto beans or, uh, all kinds of like chickpea type beans. I love cauliflower pizzas, cauliflower crust pizzas are incredible. So just really focusing on, um, I'm just more plant-based. I gave up eating meat about a year and a half ago. So I eat fish and vegetables. So pescatarian, if you want to. Sure. sure. This is the stuff people need to hear because, you know, there, there are so many of them want to get to the next level. And I always say, hey, if you want to look like an athlete, you got to behave like an athlete. There are choices mm -hmm. you made. And so many people may look at you and go, oh, cauliflower, pizza, forget it. But then they look at you and they go, okay, maybe I'll do what he's doing. So, right. uh, yeah, I mean, you you do have to take things up a notch if you want to be lean, if you want to be cut, if you want to be a high performer, mm -hmm. you to make those modifications. And it doesn't mean you can't have pizza. It's just maybe you have a little better version of pizza, right? Yeah. And if you really want to feel good about yourself, it's not just physically feeling good about yourself. It's being proud of the choices that you make on a daily basis. And it really is like building a house brick by brick. And the more that I stay focused on what are my main big priority goals with regards to maintaining my energy level and being fit enough to be able to run a marathon. When I'm faced with the choice, when I go to like my friends and family parties and there's cakes and hamburgers and hot dogs and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which I grew up on. Right. What I realized is that um, I can have like a bite of cake. I don't have to eat the whole cake. I can um, bring my plant-based beyond burgers and that sort of thing. And by making these choices, I think what happens is people crave something in the moment and they'll want the ice cream or they'll want the whatever it is. And it may taste good for five minutes. It may taste good and make you feel good for 10 minutes. But then it's not going to make you feel good the rest of the day because you're not going to feel good about yourself because you gave in to your, your physical right. like, in-the-moment craving of what it is that you desire. So it's important that you give yourself a healthy alternative so that when you are in those moments of craving whatever it is that you want to crave that when you go to the refrigerator, it's not a choice between chocolate chip cookies and cauliflower. Right. There's the cauliflower. And it is just starting to make sure that you put, you set yourself up for success instead of for failure by just being conscious about what you purchase at the grocery store so that when it comes time to just feeding your body, that you start eating healthier. And once you start doing this for a few weeks, you'll start to feel better about yourself physically and you'll start feeling more, you'll feel better 
better about yourself because you are making healthier choices for yourself. And that's just, that's just going to affect all aspects of your, your life. Well, I think what you just said right there is it. You come prepared and then you don't have to deal with daily regret. You're not constantly regretting, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. And if you can yeah. get one day without feeling remorseful about any of your behaviors and then two day in a mm -hmm. week, I, I, I mean, I regret very few things I do. And it's a nice way to live, don't you think? Yeah. And, it, it, and it's funny because when I talk to people and maybe they're a little bit overweight, they're feeling like a low, low energy. And then I ask what they eat and like, well, you know, I eat a bagel with cream cheese or whatever in the morning. And then I have my sandwich and then I have my ice cream and I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to, do you want to feel good about how you look and feel or do you want to eat what you've been eating and that is what you've known yourself to it's like, so wait, I can't eat my bagel. Are you telling me I can't eat my this and I can't eat this. And I'm telling you, there are healthier alternatives. It's not taking away something. It's replacing it with something that is just as good. There's just as great foods out there. And what is amazing is when I stopped eating hamburgers, I was like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't give up my cheeseburgers. But what I realized is when you, the things that you put on a cheeseburger that make it taste good or on meat, what do you put on meat to make it taste good? You put spices, pepper, right. you put tomato, you put lettuce, you put onions. A lot of the flavor that you put onto meat is the flavor that you crave. And so I've literally just sat down and made asparagus and prepared it as if I was making a steak. And it tastes just as you taste, you crave the savory, the salty, the pepper, the spices. And it is, I'm telling you, just experiment and play with it. You will be surprised. So you are officially hired. This has been your interviewer. And now you are vice president of Fitness International. Congratulations. Because you, you can teach all the right things. You didn't have to go get the degree. You, you've got it down pat. And, it, and, it, and people need to hear that from a guy, not only a guy, but a strapping guy who's athletic and hunky and all the all this stuff. It really matters coming out of your mouth. And where I really got this is a great documentary called The Game Changers on Netflix. Have you ever seen it? I have not. No. That that is what really made me decide to go pescatarian. It's the like some of the world the world class athletes out there are plant based yeah. eaters. The strongest man in the world is vegan. The top sprinters, the top, some top football players out there, these athletes who are performing at the highest level are plant-based. And just the science shows that there's a lot of especially processed foods and processed meats cause a lot of inflammation in your body. And when your body is just trying to fight off inflammation, you're going to feel tired, sluggish. You're going to feel, you're going to be, fighting off colds and, and like, you're just, you're doing yourself a disservice trying to show up as your best self, right. trying to be the best mom, trying to be the best employee when your body is under constant uh, attack yeah. from everything that you're putting into it. So it's, it's best to just start giving your body a fighting chance and be kind. Literally think of your body as like a little kid and would you keep cramming all this crap into a little kid 
when you're the little kid is just like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. But here, keep eating these this shitty food. So interesting. So I'm a vegetarian, but as with my platform, I don't. Um, I guess I don't shove it down people's throat because at some point I think if they know I'm a veggie, they will just think she's extreme and wipe her away. And so I'm a veggie. Yeah. I'm such a bleeding heart for animals. I just, it makes me sad. So I can't do it anymore. But yeah, there's endless uh, examples over and over. And as you said, some of the greatest athletes in the world are vegetarian. And, and if you don't want to go cold turkey, fine. Just uh, uh, alter alternate, you know, maybe a vegetarian mm -hmm. meal and then, you know, you have your meat or you do better with certain types of meat. You know, there's statistical evidence that'll show you that um, certain beefs are linked to digestive cancers and it's not the same for lobster, for example. So, yeah, you just make those better choices over and over again. Um, and you're right. It's the taste, taste and textures you want without all the fat and calories and risk. If you use seasonings and those flavors you love, it's not so complicated, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's easier than you think. So tell me, uh, before we went live, you told me that you were working on new acting jobs. Is there anything special you're working on? Well, I'm starting to get into more of the production side of things. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons why I left Los Angeles three years ago was because I just got tired of showing up in auditions and waiting for other people to choose me for their projects. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that in order for me to feel more empowered in my career, having gotten to like the top levels of working with some of the top actors and producers and directors out there, it is a, it's, it's a very difficult business to stay positive and empowered in when you're constantly waiting for someone else to choose your fate. So, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. So I decided to, if I wanted to create more, if I wanted to, to be able to create more opportunities, opportunities for myself to do what I love to do, which is acting, then why don't I just venture out and start creating those opportunities myself instead of waiting for them. Yeah. And so I'm now in the process of producing a television show with um, one of the uh, the guys who brought Shit's Creek to television. Okay. Um, I'm working with uh, this woman, friend of mine, actress, Catalina Sandino Moreno, who is uh, an Academy Award nominated actress. Um, she's my one of my co-producers and we are now pitching to different networks. I'm now working on writing a screenplay with a friend of mine. So I'm just starting to do things in addition to my auditioning, I'm doing these other things that are also keeping me in this empowered place of being proactive. And that allows me to be able to show up in my auditions more from an, an empowered perspective, knowing that, you know what, if I don't get this audition, it's all good because I'm working on these other things that keep me in that creative and empowered place. That's spectacular. I'm all about control. <laughs> Yes. And I've also, I put together a one man show based on my experiences, um, basically starting out as a model and living across the street from the world trade center. When all that happened, my windows got blown in through that whole experience. And I was, I was home at the time. Yeah. 
And um, it was two weeks before I could get back into my apartment. And when I did, my windows were blown in and my place it looked like a bomb had blown up inside of my apartment. And at that point, I realized that um, I'd wanted to become an actor. So I packed up and ventured out to Hollywood, only knowing one person out there and um, decided to pursue my dream of becoming a professional actor and then coming back to New York for all my children and then going through the cancer scare. And what I do is I create this interactive evening of storytelling. I create a live Versace fashion show where I invite people out from the audience to actually learn how to runway walk like Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell, where I play Gianni Versace in this whole runway show. Um, Cause I lived in Milan and Italy and uh, London and Paris and did this whole experience. So I bring a lot of the experiences that I've had the fortunate um, fortune of being able to experience. And I make it interactive where I have people reenact scenes from all my children. And I just share my experiences of the things that we can all implement into our daily lives to, to dream bigger and to have those that higher connect to that higher purpose and to our inner soul desire of whatever it is that we want to do from that deep place of spiritual fulfillment. And when you connect to that fits, that's when it becomes easier to avoid the, the, the crappy foods. And it makes like, okay, do I really want to go work out? Well, if it's going to make if it's going to fulfill on my ability to be able to go out into the world and be my best self and be the best version of myself for my husband, for my wife, for my kids, for my employer. You just start creating this, this like energetic resonance of what's possible. And you'll start to notice that the people around you will start treating you differently because they'll see that the more that you start taking care of yourself, the more that you start making choices that respect you, the more people will start respecting you in your life. And instead of being pissed off that the people in your life are not doing what you want them to do, the more that you start doing those, making those kinds of choices in your life, it's amazing how energetically people just start showing up differently in your life. It is amazing. It's awesome. Absolutely. So you've actually gone a, a bit above and beyond besides just performing. You like to do um, good for others. You're the messenger. You're the communicator. You want to drag the best out of others. So you have a, a few outlets. You have your book, The Agile Artist. Yep. And you have a new, what is the Inspire Summit? I, I know you've done it online and you're going to have a live summit soon. Yeah. So the whole Inspire brand that I've created, it is, uh, it was, it was born out of my going around the country for my book tour, where I went to all these different Barnes and Nobles around the country and did my book signing. And what I, what happened was I showed up for these book signings and what I thought was going to be me just sitting at a table signing books turned out to me showing up and there was a podium and a microphone and people sitting in chairs. And I was like, Oh crap, I guess I got to, I have to say something. So it turned into the, like this motivational speaking kind of just started telling my story and it turned into people saying, I really like your story. It's very inspiring. And so I put together this online course where I've recorded these videos and I put together this course called inspire. Um, it's an eight week course and you can check it out on my website, colinegglesfield.com. 
And what it is, is it's reconnecting people back to the things that are spiritually fulfilling to them. And I have people write their new life script as if they were the author of a script that were, they were going to be writing that was going to be produced to be turned into a film where you get to write yourself to be a new character in your life. You write out your act one, which is where you are at right now in your life, what your act three is, because when you look at your favorite movie, the character in your favorite movie is different in act three than they are at the beginning of the film. And so I take this approach of how can you write a story of where you're the movie star in your own script. And by doing that, you start to think about your future. You start thinking about, well, what do I want my act three to look like? What is my dream reality? What is my dream day? And so it's a lot of it's everything that I've learned in my acting classes that I put into this course that help you start to future self yourself into implementing what it is that is going to get you to where you want to be. Because what got you to where you are at right now in life is not going to get you to where you want to be in your act three. And I do it in this fun and inspiring community. So I've that's the course. And then I recently did a live, uh, called it the Inspire Summit, where I had five motivational speaker friends of mine come together. And it was like a six hour all day event of motivational speaking. I had uh, one of my friends as a yoga instructor and a meditation instructor. So we did some of that. And I have a friend who is a diabetic and he's a chef. So he came on and he, he shared how to make healthy uh, desserts. And we're going to be doing our first in-person uh, Inspire Summit Expo this fall here in Chicago. So if you're around, Fitz, you should come and check it out. Well, I should. You know when it's going to be in the fall? Not yet. It'll be late October, early November. We're looking at venues right now. So similar to like what Gwyneth Paltrow does with her goop. With goop. <laughs> yep. Where she has a lot of like the top health and wellness thought leaders and food companies that are making healthier foods and just making more fitness and wellness and, and uh, nutrition more of the forefront of us living better lives, longer, healthier, happier lives. You know, well, it's such a foundation. I really, I mean, there's there's a couple of people who can have, you know, we look at the uh, Rolling Stones, for example. You can live kind of recklessly. There's some people that can live recklessly and, and accomplish great things, but they're the anomaly. You know, you can't look at the guy who's 100 and has smoked his whole life as a role model. If you, uh, my work, my most popular clinic is called Fixing Your Life with Fitness. And so, yes, we exercise for our heart and lungs and our joints and our you know, the way we look and feel, but like kind of everything in your life changes once you start working on yourself. You're a nicer spouse, you're a better parent, you're a better employee and a better boss. And, you know, you're, you're probably kinder in the grocery store when stuff hits the fan too. So I, I like that it's a platform of what you do and you're such a, you know, you walk the walk, right? It's, it's who you are. That's what it's all about. It's who you are. I try. You know, you you set the bar and then you shoot for it. And some days you don't always get there. But you know what? What's great is you wake up the next day and you recommit. Every day you have an opportunity to recommit to your goals and recommit to what it is that you 
are up to in life. And uh, again, it's just putting those small little bricks in place every day to give yourself the best chance to what I call stack the stack the deck in favor of what it is that you want to do in life. So when you work with people and you ask them to create that third act, how many of those people set the bar really, really low for the third act because they're not willing to even look at what they really like to be or do? Yeah, uh, it happens. And what I talk about is all the the successful actors that I've worked with, like the super A-list successful actors that I work with, whenever I have talked to them or listened to interviews about the projects that they choose, they will always say, I choose the projects that scare the shit out of me because it's in that experience of, of not knowing how it's going to turn out where you have the opportunity for growth, the opportunity to learn something new, the opportunity to become something and experience something that you didn't experience before. And the problem is most people are afraid to take those chances because in uncertainty, there's the the chance that you may fail. But if you look at it from the perspective of no matter what, I'm going to learn something and I'm going to become more, I'm going to gain some wisdom out of this experience, regardless of what the outcome is, that is going to create a more empowering perspective for you to be like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to attach so much to the outcome of how it's going to turn out. Cause I'm telling you go to like Google any A-list actor and they have made shitty movies. Right. Yes. But yeah. That doesn't stop them from doing what they love to do. You got to just give it a shot. We're only here for a blink or a blink of an eye. And people think like, oh my God, like I was, what if I do this and people fail? And if, if I fail, what are people going to say? Like, no one's going to give a shit a hundred years from now. That's right. Like we're going to all like, you're going to like 20 years is going to go by and you're going to look back and be like, man, why did I care so much about what people said on Twitter? Like, it's just so stupid. Well, you know what? I always, I said it before and I still say it. It's not cancer. If it's not cancer, I'm fine. I could care less. I'm not yeah. going to be served with it. All right, so we're coming to the end of the hour, and I don't want to keep you much longer because I know you have things to do, but we have a lightning round. Okay. Fun. You ready for it? Yep. Pretty easy. Um, who's your favorite band? Coldplay. What's your favorite type of music? Electro indie rock. I was not expecting to hear that. Okay. <laughs> sure. And when I'm running, I love to listen to house music. Okay, because that was the next question. If you're going to run the marathon and you can only listen to one song on constant replay, what song is it? Oh, man. Um, uh, you know what? I mean, there's a few DJs that I listen to. Um, I don't – yeah, I don't necessarily know <laughs> names of them. It's more uh, like Tiesto. Let's just say Tiesto. Tiesto. Okay, I don't know what that is. But He's I'll- a DJ. Okay. <laughs> There's a new song called Oops. It's very fun. Everybody should look for it. Yeah. Um, favorite healthy food? Mm. I am really loving cauliflower these days. You can do so much with it. Okay. And then what's yeah. your favorite unhealthy food? My favorite unhealthy food is chocolate chip cookies. 
another good twist. I prefer them raw cookie dough chocolate. Yes, <laughs> me too. The best form. Um, now, normally I ask people what their favorite movie is, but I'm not going to ask that. What is the favorite, your favorite movie that you were in? I would say Something Borrowed. It's a great flack. And then what's your favorite yeah. TV show that you were in? Brazilian Isles. I think I've done my best work in that TV show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And where can people watch that now? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not even sure. I it's just just Google. I mean, maybe Netflix or I'm I'm not even I'm not even sure. It's weird the way we watch stuff now. Yeah. So Amazon Prime. Um, who was your first Hollywood crush? Ah, uh, it was Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss? That's right. Who is your um, celebrity crush now, if you had to pick one? Oh, I would say my celebrity crush is, um, uh, I've always, I've always liked Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I could I could also claim her as a crush. She's a total okay. very curvy. <laughs> very yep. curvy. What um exercise do you like the most besides running? Uh biking. Love road biking, especially in the mountains in Los Angeles. Did you ever um pick up the skill of swimming well for triathlons? I started working with a professional triathlete and he showed me how to swim more efficiently. I'm still not the best swimmer, but it's a, it's amazing how when you start to learn a few techniques, it makes the world makes a world of difference. And when you get into that flow, into that rhythm, it's a, it's an amazing feeling. You feel like you can go for, for a long time. And do you panic in the water, in the open water? I have, yes. Especially when the waves are like super choppy and crashing. And um, that's why you really have to, with with swimming, especially in the ocean and doing triathlons, it's no joke. I mean, it's you've, you've got to make sure that you train with professionals who get you acclimated to what it means to have the wetsuit on, which is super constricting and it can induce the sense of, of anxiety and hyperventilating. And so just even being sitting in the water with this wetsuit on and just learning how to breathe with the constriction of the, those tight wetsuit is um, some of the exercises that they have you do just to train your body to be acclimated to this kind of stuff. Oh, that's thoughtful. I, uh, I've only done tries in Florida water, which does not mm. require a wetsuit, but that's interesting. Um, I'm sure you're going to be humble and say something to the effect I'm just hoping to finish, but uh, what time are you hoping to finish Chicago? So my, my personal best is three hours and nine minutes. That's really quick. Um, if my goal is to finish under three thirty this time. Okay. And then yeah. I'm going to finish well almost finished with an invitation i hope one day you'll come and run one of the races i announced that'd be great yeah i will treat you as i do everybody but i would love to see you through one of my start and finish lines and now officially last but not least where can people find you they can go to my website colineglesfield.com i'm on instagram which is where i'm most active which is at colineglesfield 
My Twitter is at C Egglesfield. And um, I do a Monday night live talk show called Coffee with Colin. So every Monday night uh, on Facebook and YouTube, I invite my actor friends and doctors and F just diff different thought leaders and whatever. It'd be great to have you on the show, Fitz. Sure. And um, yeah, we're, we're about to start season four in a few weeks. So, and do we actually drink coffee? We actually drink coffee. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. Well, I adore you. Thank you so much for being my guest again. And I hope we can do this another time. I'm excited to follow you in October and I will not do a three hour ish marathon, but um, I will use you. You never know Fitz. You never know. And if you don't mind me uh, just plugging that I am running the marathon to raise money for St. Jude hospital and uh, on my Instagram, I've got a link. If you, if anyone would like to go and help support St. Jude, you can donate on my, my page there. So anyone who feels generous and philanthropic, feel free to check it out. Yeah, I 100% support that. St. Jude's is incredible. And, and what could be worse than watching your child suffer? So that's, they don't, they don't charge children at all at St. Jude. So um, if you haven't done so already, Follow Colin on his social media channels. And of course, over there. See, Colin, you got to point down for me. Right? Right. Oh, there you go. Follow. There. <laughs> and um, yeah, everyone have a great weekend. Thank you, Colin. Get to work, friends. Thanks, Fitz. Great to see you. <laughs> Take care.